game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. To Krug. Walks to the middle, gives it to Tarasenko on the left, to Krug on the right, now to Shen. The plate across, Tarasenko to Krug. The one-timer scores! Tori Krug rips that high to the glove side on Campbell. It's a power play goal, and it's 1-0 St. Louis. That is the only shot that beat a goaltender today. The St. Louis Blues shut out the Edmonton Oilers 2-0. Tori Krug on the power play, 5:04 into the game. Justin Falk would score a length of the ice empty netter with a minute two left in the third. And that was it. A stifling performance by the St. Louis Blues. The shots were 23-22 for the Oilers. So Jordan Binnington stops 23. Jack Campbell was very good for Edmonton, stopping 20 out of 21, but he couldn't grab that one. And the Oilers' six-game homestand not going as well as... You all would have liked as they are now 2-3 and three with a game coming up against Pittsburgh on Monday. Thanks a lot for joining us. Hope you're having a great Saturday despite this result. We're live in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford. Overtime open line along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Well, uh, I mean stifling, suffocating, thorough. What word do you want to use for how the Blues <laughs> played today? Uh, excellent. I thought the, it was an excellent performance by the St. Louis Blues on the road. Uh, they have tried in the past to exchange chances with the Oilers, and it hasn't turned out well for St. Louis. When they have success, they play a very low-event hockey game. And uh, you and I have talked a number of times this year and in the past about if a team can score first on the Oilers, it allows them to play their game. It allows them to uh, get into a defensive type of game where they just dump pucks in. They don't have to trade chances. They don't have to force things. And again, tonight, St. Louis getting the first goal, they didn't have to chase the game. And the Oilers were the ones that had to create and make things happen and force things. And St. Louis just sat back and waited for those mistakes. I thought both teams played well. I thought St. Louis was the better of the two teams. And St. Louis is a, a team that they, they don't come in. They're not a big physical team like we've seen in the past. But they just clog up and they neutralize. And they always have guys in, in defensive positioning. For example, if the puck, if they get things going in the offensive zone, they're not selling out and that's where the Oilers have had success before where a team has you know 10 15 30 seconds straight time in the offensive zone and they start getting pulled down deeper puck goes out and it's an on-band break for the Oilers St. Louis is smarter they'll continue to try and pressure you but they always have one player forward in good defensive positioning so if there is a turnover they always have someone back and the Oilers did not get any odd man breaks today well, yeah, I, I thought the Blues were just uh, excellent. Now, of course, the counter to that is if you're the Oilers, you've got to be able to, to figure that out and get at least one to get the game into overtime. But St. Louis was was very good, and the Bennington, I, I mean, I thought both goaltenders were good in a game with not a lot of chances. Yep. I would say Bennington probably one great save and three or four good saves and Campbell I'd say probably three great saves and maybe three or four good saves. I mean, St. Louis was better. Campbell absolutely robbed Cairo twice. Twice, yeah. Uh, I mean, he was uh, he was excellent to give the Oilers a chance in this game. And Bennington was there when needed. The, the, his best save was on Nugent Hopkins in the second period. And then, you know, Kane had a shot. Well, to me, the best save he made tonight was the one on Hyman. 
late. Oh, the, the blocker safe. The blocker safe. That was a wonderful play by the Oilers. They turned uh, uh, an even number break, a three-on-three, three into a partial breakaway for Hyman. And Hyman put it in a great spot. And this, just the pressure, the stress. In a one-goal game, you can't make a mistake. And Bennington made it look a lot easier than it was. I'm pretty sure Hyman put that pretty close to where he wanted to. But again, he, as you said, Bennington wasn't as busy and didn't have to make as many grade-A scoring chance saves. But the ones that he was faced with, he, he did it with ease. And it was a, an excellent start by Bennington and very good play with the defenseman in front of him. That is a, a good top four defense that the St. Louis Blues have. They were able to contain the Oilers' best players. They, the Oilers' best players did not get a lot of uh, looks, not didn't get a lot of um, wide open situations where they can take time and space to make the play they wanted because the St. Louis defensemen were very good at closing things down. Well, yeah, Leon Dreisaitl had three shots on goal. I gotta be honest with you, Rob, I would struggle to remember one of them tonight. Uh, McDavid had a couple shots on goal. His best chance was behind the net. He tried to bank it off Bennington. I don't think they would have given him a, a credit for a shot there. Uh, Bouchard had three shots. Kulak credited with three shots. Hyman with three shots tonight uh, as the Oilers only got to 23. And it really uh, great performance I thought by Nick Letty. I mean, you mentioned the top four defense. So you had Letty, you had Pareko, you had Krug and Falk. They both scored tonight. But Letty plays 23-17, gets two shots on goal, two hits, and he has six of the Blues' 25 blocked shots tonight. He was very good. Uh, they tried matching him up against McDavid as much as they could because of his skating ability. And we just talked upstairs with Bob that Letty is not going to be physical on McDavid, uh, but he's going to use his speed to take time and space away from Connor. He's going to keep his body in between Connor and the net. And where if Connor's going against a bigger, stronger defenseman that's more physical, Connor's going to beat him at times and go in by himself. With Letty, Letty's like, all right, I'm not going to be physical. At the end of the night, you might not remember me because I'm not going to lay a, a stick or a hand on you, but you're not going to beat me to the net. And Letty did an excellent job, and when he wasn't able to get out there, Torrey Krug's the same type of defenseman. He, Krug, a smaller defenseman, he knows he's not going to overpower anyone, so he uses his feet, and he uses his brains, and he uses his body positioning, and the St. Louis Blues didn't allow the Edmonton Oilers to get inside positioning very often in this hockey game. Everything that the Oilers were getting seemed to be from the perimeter. We're going to make Nick Letty the fourth star of the game tonight for Jandell Homes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. The three stars, one, two, three, Bennington, Campbell, and Krug, the two goalies and the one guy who beat one of the goalies. <laughs> so that's how they did the selection tonight. But I, I thought Letty was excellent. And a, a very committed game by St. Louis when they did defend. And it, it wasn't often the Oilers you know, really got a cycle going or, or were busy around the net or were jamming pucks into the blue paint contrast that to the, the, the frustrating game against Buffalo where they couldn't score for most of the game uh, but they had tons of chances I mean this wasn't one of those games there was a lot of one and done or, or maybe not even the one sometimes because I thought St. Louis did a great job back checking deflected a lot of passes and we even saw the Oilers and the skilled guys miss passes mm -hmm. because St. Louis is in the way I mean the Oilers had a, a chance for a three on two early in the third period and the, the, I think it was Drysdale put the pass across. You know, it's behind Yamamoto. Usually that's an automatic to get that pass across to the guy to keep the three-on-two going. So, like, like I said, I think stifling is a perfect word tonight. St. Louis just took most of what the Oilers wanted to do away today. Well, we, we've seen in the past in playoff series where, where the Oilers faltered for those back-to-back -back years against Winnipeg and Chicago. They weren't aggressive on the, the puck carrier 
in the games in the neutral zone where they were was they were very cognizant of the passing lanes so when you see a guy not always because sometimes it's just bad passes but when you see very skilled players miss guys by five ten feet it's because where the player's stick is that he's trying to hit it's in a, a the, the defending teams in that passing lane so you have to miss his feet or his stick to get it over there so st louis did a really good job said okay here's where he wants to go well you know what you're not going to go through me so you're either going to ice it or you're going to put it behind the player you're going to. And St. Louis was very good at that. Uh, I am sure that Craig McBruby understands how to play against Edmonton, but they also got Craig McTavish, who has seen the Oilers play a number of times, and he knows uh, the best way to slow down the Oilers because you're never going to stop the star players over here. And they just did a good job clogging up the neutral zone, uh, not allowing Connor or, or Leon the chance to pick the puck up in their own zone and carry it with speed. We didn't see that tonight either. So that was just a, a smartly played game by the St. Louis Blues. Now, we've got a game in between before these two teams have a, re, a rematch a couple of games from now. So you'd like to see if at that time, if the Edmonton Oilers make some uh, changes uh, in, in their game plan to combat what St. Louis did today. So what, what do you think those would be or what in-game adjustments could have the Oilers made or, or did you see them making some but they, they just didn't really work along the way either well a lot of what the others like doing they like going cross ice they hit a guy far side with speed and it just opens up the, the defenders and now the defense may have to move all the way laterally across to try and play a guy coming with full speed uh, st louis doesn't allow that to happen so now at edmonton now you have to have shorter passes so if leon's coming up on the left left hand boards well all of a sudden you have to have a hymen 10 feet from him so it's a 10 foot pass instead of a 40 foot pass it's harder to get into a passing lane when the guy is only 10 feet away from the guy that's making the pass so things like that pucks in deep with players going with speed we saw that tonight where you saw Connor mcdavid try to adjust on the fly he came down one-on-one -on -one and he fired the puck in off the backboards and tried beating the guy to the puck you don't see connor dump the puck in very often but st louis did a very good job of fronting the players with the puck as well as having back pressure so get pucks into good areas where you can win races but tonight it was or today it was just one of those ones where st louis got that first goal and the oilers chased but they chased against a good hockey club st louis wins it two nothing they have not played a lot just their third game of the season they are three and oh the oilers record now dips to two and three and they will close out this six game homestand on monday night against the pittsburgh penguins uh, we will have post-game reaction for you from the oilers as we move along tonight whenever the oilers score five or more didn't score at all today but whenever they score five or more we turn on the japanese village goal light on 630ched.com that allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite Japanese steakhouse. Reserve your party today at jvedmonton.ca. Just two penalties in the game. Leon Dreisaitl gets called for a tripping penalty in the offensive zone, 4.03 into the game. Krug scores a minute one later. The Oilers got a power play halfway through the third period. They did not get a shot on goal on that power play. So, you know, that was the uh, that was the opportunity. They, they weren't able to score. Nathan Walker... Uh, was was that a penalty? He's called for interference in the offensive zone. He sets a pick, but he, he's standing still. Yeah, and I, usually the rule of thumb, I mean, the old basketball rule is, well, if you get there and you're planted. See, I don't like that call, and, uh, and, and I'll go back to the last game where I think it was Evander Kane got a call on the blue line while they were on the power play. And on that one, Evander Kane was standing in one spot, and the Carolina Hurricane player backed into him. Well, it, to me, well, Kane's there first, 
he's got that spot so if someone runs into you that's on you and tonight the same thing Walker he skated he didn't throw his body into the way he didn't try to adjust the body to hit the guy coming around him he skated to a spot and stopped so I don't like the call especially in a game like today where they're really both teams were incredibly disciplined and the referees did not have to make calls so I don't like a call where a player is called for interference when he's in a spot and someone runs into him. So I didn't like that call either. Having said that, the Oilers had a chance to take advantage of it, and the St. Louis Blues, who were 100% on the penalty kill this season, continue that. Yeah. A big part of that is they win face-offs, and they've got very good defense, that good stick, and they don't allow uh, that cross-seam pass as the Oilers kept looking to go back door, and St. Louis just made sure that pass wasn't there. Yeah, I just wonder. I mean, when I watched that Walker call, I kind of saw, thought the same thing. And then I'm thinking, well, it was right in front of the ref. And it was the ref thinking, like, okay, I, I know what you're trying to do. Like, you're yeah. trying to run intentional, unintentional interference. Which happens gonna, all the I, time, I, I, yeah. But that's the thing. That that does happen all the time. And he, he did get there and, and planted his feet. But I guess the ref <laughs> thought, well, you weren't there long enough. The, I don't know. This one tonight, I, I don't think it was a penalty. But I still think that was even, that was more so. The Kane one, I thought, was a terrible call. Kane was standing on the, the blue line last game and he had been standing there for about six seconds and Stahl skated right into him and I mean Kane for him to move why do I have to move why do I have to go offside because you're skating into me so I, I don't like that call um, the the dry subtle call was easy his stick yep. went into the feet and, and tripped him but this is what you're going to see as the season moves along to beat the Oilers don't give them power plays. Yep. The Oilers' power play is so deadly that you don't want to give the Leons and Connors and Canes and those players time and time again on the power play. St. Louis played a very, very smart, disciplined hockey game. Okay, Oilers lose 2-0. Here's head coach Jay Woodcroft. Hi, Jay. So, uh, I mean, St. Louis scores first, and they close out a 1-0 lead against the Oilers for 55 minutes. Is this one where you sort of tip your hat to the way they played, or do you want to see more of your guys in that situation? Yeah, well, I... Uh, it was a one one nothing hockey game, and it was a power play goal against uh, for us. That happened in the first few minutes of the game. I actually thought we had some good chances uh, right off the bat. We didn't score on them. We took an ozone penalty, and uh, it ended up in the back of our net. Uh, they made one more play there than we did, and and they found themselves up one nothing on the road. They are a good hockey team. Um, you know, but I thought it was two good hockey teams that um, that played a tight game, and that one moment of the game led to us not winning it. Yeah, so I was t asking some of the guys. I mean, are you other than the result kind of happy with the way things went? Like you didn't panic, you didn't they didn't pull away two or three nothing. It was still a one goal game down to the wire. Other than not scoring, are you kind of happy with how you? Yeah, I don't. Th we're not in the business of taking moral victories. Um, we're in uh, the business of getting better each day. That was a good team that we played tonight. Uh, there was some good in our game, but there there has to be more for us to get the result that we want to get. You have a lot of guys. Yeah, it was a. It certainly was a muddy track out there. That's the way they play. Um, I thought we were comfortable. I didn't think we pressed anything. I didn't think we forced anything uh, that wasn't there. But I think there can be a little bit more substance uh, in the offensive zone. But you got to give credit to the other team. You see how many um, how many shot blocks they had in that game. They packed it in tight. And uh, but that said, we did we did have chances as well. We just uh, we weren't sharp enough to bear down on them. Guys, in terms of not getting across 
Yeah, I think we're a fairly veteran group, and uh, I didn't sense frustration. I thought uh, guys were saying the good things on the bench and and trying to find that next uh, next opportunity to put one in. And you know, their goaltender played well, and and their team played well. They limited chances, but certainly we're looking for a little bit more substance offensively. What about? Uh scoring first in a game, particularly against a team that wants to dictate the tempo and a tempo that's opposite of yours. Uh, your team isn't, you know, the numbers show, going back to the start of last year, your team's not a team that scores first that often. Mm -hmm. uh, would it help to be able to play Oilers hockey the way you want to play if you get the first goal once in a while? Yeah, well, that's what I was saying a little bit earlier. I thought we had two really good offensive chances, five on five. Um, I thought the first few minutes of the game were, you know, we were in a decent shape and, you know, uh, we took a penalty and and uh, we made a mistake on the penalty kill and that, that ended up being the difference in the game, that one moment. And it's hard to say when that moment will be tonight that was the moment that uh, led to us not winning the game um when the games get big this is the fifth game of the year here when the games get big in april and may and june eventually you're gonna have to win these games that are two on one nothing uh is this a good sort of you know reminder that this is a kind of style you guys have to master yeah, well, th that team has had the success they've had for a reason. The one uh, across the the hallway there, um, a perennial playoff team that play deep a lot of times and whatnot. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you're talking about what what's going to happen in April, but this is our fifth game of the year. We have played, in my opinion, five one-goal hockey games. Uh, there's been some empty net goals here or there, but we've been in five. That's the way the league is right now. It's, uh, it's the difference of one goal here or there. And that is, you know, an area that we talk a lot about is we don't know when the most important moment's going to be, but if we can limit our mistakes, whether they're with the puck or mental mistakes or missed assignments, if we can limit those and capitalize on the ones the other team makes, we'll be in a good spot. But right now, um, you know, we've won two of those one-goal games and we've lost three of them. Uh, so there's definitely things that we can work on to improve. I think there's room for improvement. I think we can be, we can play faster than we are right now. Um, you know, we've seen some good hockey teams come through Edmonton here. Uh, we can't lose sight of that. Um, you know, the record isn't where we want it to be. Um, but, you know, you were talking about uh, the St. Louis Blues. We held them to the low 20s in shots today. Um, five on five, it was a 0-0 hockey game. Uh, we made some mistakes with the puck um, and certainly the penalty kill uh, goal against we'd like to have back. But that's a, that's a tight tight checking game and, and we had our chances. We didn't capitalize. They capitalized on theirs. What do you think about your Yeah. I would say that uh, the penalty kill, the goals that have gone in on the penalty kill, 
tonight's goal was probably the first in-zone set that we got scored on, and it came on um, a mistake in our in you know a very small mistake. And uh, but when you play a team like that, they don't need a whole lot of room to make you pay, and um, they found a way to get on the board early, and then that settled them into their game. Uh, in terms of through five games, we can improve on our penalty kill. Um, but as I said, that's what I would call the first in-zone set uh, goal against against us. All right, that is Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft, a 2-0 loss to the St. Louis Blues this afternoon. You're also going to hear from Leon Dreisaitl, Brett Kulak, and Tyson Berry, and we're happy to hear from you, 780-496-0063. We're live in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Now bringing out the center ice is Sod. Down the right wing, gives it to Cairo. Comes in. Oh, what a save! Made by Campbell with the glove. And he'll hold on as Jordan Cairo was sent in all alone. Well, a couple of beauties by Jack Campbell on Jordan Cairo this afternoon. That's his save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Campbell stops 20 out of 21. Bennington stops 23 out of 23. Blues shut out the Oilers 2-0 this afternoon at Rogers Place. Thanks a lot for joining us. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. We are live in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line as uh, the Oilers are now 2-3 and three on the season and St. Louis uh, full marks for the victory tonight, Rob, as we were talking about it being a, a stifling performance. And, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. And I, I went back and looked earlier. Um, most of the Oilers' longer homestands have been decent. There's a couple infamous ones that stand out, though. Uh, when Hitch was the coach, he'd replace Todd. And uh, they had that one at Christmas of 2018. I think a couple games before Christmas and three after, five-game homestand, they lost all five. Mm-hmm. And that really was the, the start of the slide to, to not having a chance at the playoffs. And then last year, they had a six-game homestand, and they lost the first five games and then and then won the last one and, and tip coached for a bit after that. And then he, I, I'm not suggesting this is going to lead to a, a coaching change or anything like that. But it's a, it's, a, it's a little disappointing. I realize the quality of the opponent is good, but yeah, you have to factor that in. But you... I mean, good teams beat other good teams sometimes. Yeah. That's why they have good well, records, right? Teams that uh, you look at St. Louis starting their season or, or Carolina or whatever, or Buffalo, like Buffalo, for example. Buffalo well, we beat get, Edmonton and Calgary. Yeah, we're going on a tough road trip. We're going to have to play in Calgary. We're going to have to play in Edmonton, and they go and win both games. So, yeah, obviously there are teams that are better in the league, but if you're on homestand to start the season, you've got six games, I mean, you're expecting positive results. And I think even more so in Edmonton this year, because there are expectations, and I think it, they're realistic expectations for the Oilers. They do have a good team. They proved that last year. The additions that they added last year, they re-signed. So this is a good hockey club that I, I don't think 6-0 and was something you would say, okay, they no. need to go. But you thought it would be above 500, and you're hopeful of a 5-1 and one or something along that line homestand to start the season because it does get harder because then the others have a lot of games on the road you want to take advantage of of the chance that you have on home ice to get off to a good start to the year uh, all the games are close i think outside of maybe three or four teams in the national hockey league i think every game uh, every team has the, the the possibility of beating another team in this league that's just the type of league that we're in nowadays so uh, it's uh it's a, a rough start 
for the for the road trip. But having said that, they're a power play or a shot away in every one of these games because they're two and three in five one goal games. Yeah, yeah, basically one goal games. I mean, they've had empty netters uh, for and against along along the way here as well. So, look. Uh, like hockey is such an interesting sport because St. Louis comes in here and they they only give up 23 shots and they and they get a shutout and some of the best offensive players in the league don't have a lot going so of course uh, you know they they're deserving of of praise tonight but clearly doing that isn't that simple no. because every team <laughs> wants to say well let's give up fewer than uh, 25 shots and uh, let's get all over their their top guys but most schemes don't don't do this way so how how difficult is it to do what St. Louis did tonight? Because it's it's hard to do. I, I mean, we saw Comrie come close to a shutout a couple of days ago. Mm -hmm. Well, there were 48 shots. I mean, he was standing on his head. Uh, how difficult is it for St. Louis to do what they did tonight, even with the players they have and, and veterans and, and good players? Well, you need bounces. You need breaks. Uh, I mean, Connor and Leon are the two best players in the world. And every night that they step on the ice, they have the ability to have one of those five or six-point nights. They're that good. Uh, there's been games where they have had lower point totals for the Buffalo game, for example, but in those games, e easily, they could have had five or six points. That was one where the chances were there, the execution wasn't because of the goaltending. Tonight, the chances weren't there, and this was not a game where at the end of the night, you're like, well, we'll bounce or a break here. Maybe if the goalie didn't make that big save, this is a game that the Oilers easily could have scored three or four. They couldn't have. Right. This was a game that the St. Louis Blues were very good defensively, and they didn't give up a chance, and it's not easy. Every team comes in here with a game plan, and this is how we want to play against Connor. This is how we want to play against Leon. Uh, but uh, hockey is a game, any sport is a game of mistakes, and the Oilers have the players that if there is a mistake, they're going to make you pay. Uh, St. Louis best player, Kai Red, there was two big mistakes by the by the Blues tonight, or excuse me, by the Oilers tonight. Kyra had two incredible chances, but wasn't able to capitalize. You're thinking in your head, well, if that was Connor or Leon that would have had those chances, the breakaway or the backdoor, those are probably going in the back of the net. St. Louis just didn't make mistakes, and it's very hard to go through a game in the NHL without making mistakes, and St. Louis more or less did that tonight. Yeah, very good game. Uh, we set the line before the game at one and a half points by Connor McDavid for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it, so it is indeed under, so Vicky is getting the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card as she texted in River Cree under before this game this evening. St. Louis wins it 2-0. Uh, encouraging, I thought Campbell's game all, all around. I mean, we had, we had the save there coming back I mean yes the power play slapper uh, it gets by him some great saves I thought I thought solid otherwise played the puck well a couple of times yeah I thought he was good the the Cairo one or excuse me the 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 Krug goal that was the power play goal when you watch the replay of it when he's one timing that you can't see Campbell's face I mean he was completely screened on it great shot by Krug but twice in this game the St. Louis Blues had grade a five alarm goal scoring chances to extend the lead mm -hmm. both on the stick of Cairo who is their best second best goal scorer and Campbell made two fantastic saves and he made a number of other ones uh, ones that didn't get the the fans out of their seat jumping up in the air because they can't believe they just witnessed that type of saves but kept them around he never allowed St. Louis to extend the lead to move away from the Oilers so uh, yeah I thought that was a, a possibly Campbell's best start of the season and one that as a, a coach and as a teammate, you wish you m would have found a way to get a win for him because the way Campbell played tonight, he deserved a victory. 2-0, St. Louis takes it. Let's go back down to the Oilers' dressing room. Here's Leon Dreisaitl.
Well, there wasn't a whole bunch to choose between the two teams. Like this, this the coin toss could have gone either way. Kind of, how do you view the way it went? Yeah, it was two uh, two good teams. Um, tight checking game. Um, yeah, they scored two goals and we couldn't we couldn't get one. What do you think uh, it was that made it so hard to generate? Was it just in the style of play? Or what do you think? Yeah, I mean they're they're a good team. Uh, that's a playoff team. Um, they, they've won before. They know how to play a tight checking game. So um, so did we. I thought for the most part, but. Um, a little, a little sloppy in um, some areas. Just one of those games you feel like, you know, with the effort, just some kind of a bad bounce, a break, something that would have just maybe opened it up a little bit for you. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, we we didn't have much going uh, offensively tonight, so sometimes uh, one of those bounces is nice, but we we couldn't really even get get to one of those bounces. So um, yeah, just what it is. Maybe, is it, maybe not the uh, you know. Your favorite style of play a game, Leon. But are these sort of ones that you gotta sort of you gotta figure out a way to win these types of games as well? Yeah, for sure. And, and we know how to win these games. Uh, we just tonight we just couldn't get one. Um, they got one one empty net. Um, it's really really all it is. Because I was gonna ask. I mean, you showed the patience. It stayed one nothing. You didn't chase and fall behind two or three nothing. You, you take solace in that. That it's you know they got yeah. more than you. Yeah. I mean, I thought we we played an played an all right game. Um, but it's good that you know we're not, um, yeah, throwing everything in, in the first five minutes and in the third period to to tie it up. Uh, stayed patient, but obviously didn't get rewarded. Just didn't get. I don't know what you're missing. You only got one power play, for instance. Usually you guys get a couple and you manage one. You're just waiting for a break that never came. Is that fair to say? Yeah, like I just said. Um, it's just one of those games where you maybe hope for a bounce, but we we, we didn't even get. It. Um, ourselves into the position to, to get a bond. So, um, yeah, it's a tough loss. All right, that is Leon Dreisaitl. Well, yes, tough loss uh, indeed. See what there's loose, 2 nothing to the Blues. You can tell Leon, obviously, a little frustrated after that game, and he is, his mates unable to score 2 nothing. The Blues take it tonight. Let's quickly check the other town scoreboard. Rob for Edmonton Trailer, looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers. Head to edmontontrailer.com. So a bunch of games just underway. No score, Kings and Capitals. No score, Islanders and Lightning. No score, Penguins and Blue Jackets. Maple Leafs and Jets will start soon, as will the Stars and the Canadians. Flyers and Predators face off in about 45 minutes. Late games, Sabres at Canucks as uh, Buffalo's going to try to sweep Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver. Vancouver's going to try to win a game. They are 0-3-2 <laughs> and two on the season. Avalanche will take on the Golden Knights. The Hurricanes play the Flames. Both teams are 3-1. and one. In overtime, the Bruins knock off the Wild 4-3. Taylor Hall got the game winner on a power play in overtime. The Devils beat the Sharks 2-1. The Senators all over the Coyotes. 6-2 is the final. couple of goals for Brady Kachuk. He has four on the season. And uh, Shane Pinto, has a uh, youngster for Ottawa, already has four goals this season. Dylan Gunther, who you worked with, Rob. You're part of the reason he has such a deadly shot. He <laughs> no, got his, I'm not. <laughs> he got his first NHL goal for the Coyotes. Yeah, good, good for him. Uh, it's going to be a long year for, for the Coyotes. But you uh, cheer for kids getting a, a milestone, and a milestone for him scoring his first National Hockey League goal. He's a, a nice kid that's got a great future in the National Hockey League. Baseball playoffs in the sixth. The Astros lead the Yankees 5-0. They're trying to go up 3-0 in that series. Padres and Phillies 
about to get underway. It was uh, Toronto beating Montreal 24-23 in the CFL, and Calgary and Saskatchewan have just kicked off if Calgary wins Saskatchewan officially eliminated from the postseason. That is your look at the uh, Edmonton Trailer scoreboard. Okay, you can get in touch, 780-496-0063 as the Oilers fall 2-0 to the St. Louis Blues. Jake Neighbors back in town. Rob, we talked a lot about him before the game. Uh, he plays 11:45 tonight. Did get three shots on goal and a couple of hits. Uh, I, I mean, I saw Jake play quite a bit for the Oil Kings. Uh, I think, you know, I, I'm comfortable calling him one of the greatest Oil Kings since the team came back into the WHL. I mean, certainly they, they had that era with uh, you know Lazar and Reinhardt and Brassois and Jari and, and Pesic. I'm probably missing some guys. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, Trey Fix Wolanski was a great player on some teams that weren't quite as good, but. You know, this, this latest run for the Oil Kings that wrapped up with them going to the Memorial Cup last year. I mean, Jake became the captain of that team. And I think he's going to be a good pro. And I, I noticed him t tonight. Yep. Even, I mean, sure, I'm obviously like, oh, he's you little know, biased, a little bit of a, an yeah. eye to him. But he had a, he had a really, uh, yeah, with that one really nice take to the net, I think it resulted in someone else crashing into the goal. But he... Uh, I look at neighbors like he plays a very sturdy game. Mm -hmm. Got a little bit of fearlessness in his game. I, I think he's going to turn out to be a really good pro. Well, and, and he plays the way that uh, the Craig Berube type teams want you to play. He plays uh, with his nose to the net. He's not. He's not fearful. Uh, he, he makes smart plays. Uh, he, he looked comfortable out there. And uh, there's there's an opportunity. This team is very very good with their top six. But then after that. It's uh, there's no one that's stealing the spot, and a neighbors has an opportunity to come in there and cement himself as a regular National Hockey League player by just doing smart, consistent type of things. And I think he's found that in the last couple of years playing for Brad Lauer in the with the Oil Kings, how to play the proper way. And there's always sometimes when you're a high-scoring offensive player in junior, you expect that you're going to go up to the National Hockey League and do that. Well. This team here in St. Louis has a Cairo, it has a Tarasenko, it, it has an O'Reilly, it has a Thomas. It's got some guys that are already playing in those positions. So you got to find a place where you can fit in, where you can slot yourself in. And it looks like Neighbors has accepted that. And I agree, I thought he had a nice game today. Okay, 2 nothing. the Blues win it over the Oilers. 780-496-0063 if you want to get in touch. We're live in Studio 99. More Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line coming up. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Sent down into the Oiler end. And up the left wing, get to center ice, was Nurse. He'll go cross ice to Hyman. Comes into the blue zone. Goes to the right wing corner. To dry sidle now to Hyman. Left side will take a solid hit as Achari ran into him. All right, that is our crunch of the game for Cougar Paint and Collision. Our family helping your family. The uh, hits off the official NHL score sheet in this game, 29 for each team. Nico Mikola led the San Jose Sharks with eight hits. He's credited with eight hits tonight. I thought he was very good. Noticeable, a third-pairing guy that was very noticeable in a positive way. Uh, Vander Kane led the Oilers with six hits. Nurse had four. Bouchard had four tonight. What did they give Nima Linen tonight? Uh, they give Nima Linen two. Nima Linen played 9.25. Uh, as the Oilers lose 2-0 to the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, I didn't notice Niemelainen as much in this hockey game, but it was one of those ones where it wasn't a physical affair. I, I mean, Kane and 
Mikola, when they had a chance to hit, they did, but it wasn't one where you thought at the end of the night that was a hard-fought physical game. This was one that was more about body positioning, and I thought that the St. Louis Blues did a very good job with that. Well, I'm wondering that it, most of the hits would have been probably where you, you maybe get half a stride to step into the guy because there wasn't a lot of space. It wasn't mm -hmm. like... Uh, Holloway getting drilled the other night oh. where he's going full speed. I mean, that's the other end of the, the, yeah. the spectrum. But it wasn't sometimes when a game's a little more wide open, the hits are bigger because players have speed generated. And I think when we've seen in the past, when teams try to come out and be very physical against the Oilers, they start running out of position to throw those hits. And while there may be some big collisions for them, it seems like when they take, they take themselves out of the play, and that allows the Oilers to jump into the play and get odd man breaks. So I think if you're gonna play the Oilers, physical when it's there, but be smart like St. Louis did if, you know what, I could go run that guy, but if I do, I move out of the passing lane. And while I'm hitting that guy, the puck's going by me and the Oilers are going the other direction. So St. Louis was very smart, physical when you can, but don't look for it. And tonight it shows in the, the number of hits. They just, you know what, we'll, we'll take what we got and we'll just make sure that the Edmonton Oilers don't get odd man breaks. Two things that'll kill you when you're playing the Oilers. If you give them power plays and you give them odd man opportunities, the Oilers are very good at both of those. Yeah, and the Oilers didn't have an odd man. Even that one three on two we were talking about before, it wasn't a, a full three on no. two. I mean, it was basically a three on three because there was a St. Louis back checker right there. And that's part of the reason the... Uh, uh, the pass was, I think St. Louis had a two-on-one that I can think of, shorthanded. They had a two-on-one shorthand. But they missed the pass across. Yeah, and yeah. then they had the, the breakaway. They break had a breakaway. Which is, again, I, I, there a number of guys have fallen. Well, it, it, we're going to hear from Kulak a little bit later on. He had a bit of a tough day. I mean, he also fell against Calgary. Yep. So, so you start to, I mean, it's rare for a defenseman in the NHL to blow a tire. Especially, he's a good skating yeah. one. When I fell in the NHL, it was, okay, Brown fell again. <laughs> but when a guy that can skate like Kulak twice... Uh, Anderson for the, the Flames fell, skating backwards. It almost turned into a McDavid breakaway. And then in the corner tonight, one of the St. Louis Blues blew a wheel as well and went down without anyone on him. So uh, to me, I'm guessing there was some chips or chunks in the ice because players at this level don't fall very often. And we've seen three major ones in uh, about two weeks of hockey. The, and the play Kulak, so that the great one-timer save Campbell made in the second period off Cairo, that was Kulak tried to aerial pass to the sideboards and O'Reilly. Was that a, a bad play by Kulak yes. to put the puck there? Yeah. Well, it's, it's everything in the game is risk-reward. And it's the more risk you take, possibly the greater the reward. But on that one there, the risk wasn't worth the reward because the pass that he was making was going to be to a guy inside his own zone. And the risk you have is if it gets knocked down, well, now it's a two-on-one. And O'Reilly, players in the NHL, especially the good ones, uh, if, if you put two guys out on the ice and say, okay, I want you to pass back and forth, make everything about three, four feet in the air, we're going to put a, an NHL player in between you. We'll see how many he can knock down. I mean, they're going to knock down 70, 80% of them. Right. Their eye-hand coordination is that good. So when he tried going up the, the middle there, that's what O'Reilly wants. Try it, I dare you. Right. And he knocks it down. And here's the, the risk part of it. Now the risk that you just dabbled with was him getting the puck down low five feet from your net, and you put a lot of pressure on Jack Campbell on that one. Uh, good on Campbell bailing Kulak out, but that's one that you don't need to force it. Put, throw it out off the glass because you're not trying to hit someone for a breakaway there. Right. So it, the, it wasn't worth the risk, and 
the Oilers very fortunate not to fall behind by two at that point. Yeah, 2-0 St. Louis takes it tonight. Uh, we'll talk about the St. Louis empty netter since we've been talking about empty netters. That was, that was, they tried a couple yeah. other ones. It, it, it we've, we, I feel like even at the time you and I have done the games together, this is our 10th season together, I feel even like in that span, players are a little more like I'm just going to fire at the length of the ice. If it's icing, okay, we'll, we'll deal with it. And I'm 100% behind that. I, I really am. Is There's a time, if, if you are coming out of your zone and you've got time and space, carry the puck, get to the red line, dump it in. But if you're in your own zone, his other option is rim it hard around the boards. Because it's six on five for the Oilers. You've got the puck. You're not going to have a guy to be able to pass the puck to. Mm -hmm. So if you're ribbing around the boards, all you're doing is giving the puck back to the Oilers anyways. Right. So if if uh, if you ice the puck, it's a 50-50 you're going to get the puck back because it's a face-off. Right. If you just dump it out softly, you're giving the puck to the Edmonton Oilers. So it's 100% chance the Oilers are getting the puck. So the players are so skilled nowadays that if they've got time in their own zone, they're going to hit that net. 60-70% of the time. And I saw it was on one of the U.S. broadcasts. There was uh, two of the announcers were saying it was a bad play by so-and-so, I can't remember what team it was, that he tried shooting at an empty net. And Rick Tockett stopped them. No, 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 no. If I'm coaching, I want my player shooting for the net because these players are so skilled now. He's probably going to hit it. And if he hits the net, the game is over. over. If he misses the net, now we have a face-off, and I trust my team to be able to win a draw. So 100% because... The, there was still, was there a minute left when he hit the net? Minute two, yeah. Minute two. If he t rims it around, takes a safe play, the puck goes out, all of a sudden Edmonton now is coming back in with about 55 seconds to go with a man advantage, their best player's rested, and they've got the puck on their stick. So uh, a smart play by Justin Falk, and he executed. He hit the net, and not only did he hit it, he hit it right in the yeah. middle. Shows you the type of ability yeah. the players well, have. Well, the other night before McDavid got the empty net, her nurse fired one yeah, from, from, the, from the sideboards. So. Uh, I mean, it ends the game. Again, if you've got time and space, if you get the puck at your blue line, you carry it over your blue line, and you got 15 feet, try to get to center and dump it in that way, mm -hmm. and then get in on a four check. But uh, he was behind his own net tonight. Folk. Where's he, he's not going to carry the puck out. And his only other option at that point was to rim it around the boards. And it might go for icing. It might anyway. go for icing, or it goes to the Oilers get control of the puck. So fire it. it don't force something. Don't force something up the middle where it can yeah. get knocked down. But uh, a, a good shot. And coaches nowadays aren't getting mad. In our day, and since we started doing these at the very beginning, it was frowned upon. Uh, but now, I mean, end the game. It's almost like the knockout punch. And it did. Because as soon as he scored, the Edmonton Oilers never put on Leon right. or Connor or Kane or Hyman. The game was over. Yeah, they pulled the goalie again, but it was what, McLeod, Shore, uh, Ryan, Ryan, I yeah. think, were the forwards that were out at the end of the game. Yeah, it's uh, and, and you're right. And I, I see, you know, when the Oilers practice winds down, players work on stuff. And sometimes guys will just, they'll just kind of stand, fire the puck the length of the ice. Like, they're not, they're not doing a drill. But they know, okay, if I got a split second or maybe if I'm off here, where do I put it? How does my, the puck spin if I shoot it this high, this high? You know, because you got to get it in the air. Well, yeah, and well, and the players also know how to bounce it off the boards. They know which part of the boards when you've got each angle to be able to bounce it into the net. Uh, it, to me, it was a smart play, and it just takes all the drama out of the game because the puck goes in the net. And at the very worst, you have a face-off, and then it's 50-50. Yeah. And... The St. Louis Blues tonight were 
almost 60% in the face-off circle. The Oilers got better as the game went on, oddly enough, despite uh, even though how lopsided that is, because it was 67% yeah. after the first period. So the, the, the Blues are a good face-off team. Who would have had their best face-off guys on at the end to be able to win a draw? So uh, a game, not often you see a game where the only goal scorers in it are two defensemen, but tonight for the St. Louis Blues, that's what it was. 2-0, St. Louis wins it. Jordan Binnington gets the shutout. You're going to hear from Tyson Berry and Brett Kulak. If you would like to give us a call, at 780-496-0063. We are live in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on 630 Chet. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. There's Letty to center ice. Shoots it in. It goes off the blocker of Campbell. Kulak will take it in behind the net. we got eight minutes to go here in the second. Pass picked off Riley in front of the net. Oh, what a save! Campbell with the right pad as he absolutely robs Kairou. Kulak turnover, Kairou, who should have had a couple tonight. Well, could have. That, that one, even more than the breakaway, I thought was, was going in. That was an awesome save by Campbell. Uh, he stopped the one-timer by Saad in the third period. That was a great save. We mentioned Binnington's save. Uh, I have to watch the replay again. It was either upper left arm or maybe head. Mm-hmm. And then did Hyman almost whack in the rebound? I think, yeah, Hyman did get a piece of it. Yeah. I mean, it's floating out of the, in the air. air, out of the air, and he put it just wide and over the net. But they were the best chances that the Oilers had in this this game. Uh, St. Louis did a good, and there was what well, we saw against Buffalo, and you referenced it after the game that it seemed like the entire third period was played within 15 feet of the Buffalo Sabres net and Comrie yeah. stood on his head. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that the 15 feet in front of the St. Louis net tonight might not have been needed Zambonian after the yeah. game because there there wasn't a lot of play around there. And I, to me, give credit to the St. Louis Blues. They kept the Oilers to the outside. When there was a shot, Bennington either froze it or deflected it into an area, the, into the corner. So there was never that... Uh, fight for the puck in front of the goaltender where anything can happen tonight for the Oilers. Uh, again, we just to reiterate, the St. Louis Blues played a flawless road game and left here with two points. 2 nothing, they win it. And uh, I, I thought the Kyber shot was going in, and I thought that Nugent Hopkins one was going in because when he got it in front, A, it was rare for any Oiler to have a, a look yep. from the slot, like you said. And there, there'd been an attempted wraparound before that, and Bennington got a little caught up. And he, as Nuge was shooting it, shooting it, I kind of glanced at Bennington. Well, he's not quite set. He's not quite set, but he just moved as much of his body to his left as he could and, and was able to recover. And, and Nuge took his time. Uh, he, he, he clutched it, found the right shooting lane. Again, there were bodies in front of the net, so uh, he may have won top left corner, was wide open, but... There was somebody's leg or butt in the way, so he had to go around that and find a way to get the puck to the net. Uh, That was the best, probably, pressured sequence that the Oilers had in the game because they did get more than one chance on it. Uh, But again, once that puck went behind the net, St. Louis did a really good job of getting the puck out. The St. Louis defense moves well. They, when there is a race to a puck in their own zone, if they didn't win it, at least they got there in a tie. So there weren't a lot of chances for the Oilers to you know, get the cycle going because the St. Louis Blues, their defense are very mobile and didn't allow it to happen. All right, so the Oilers are two and three. We were talking about that 
you know, being a, a bit of a disappointing record. I think if it's two and four Monday, it, it'll be uh, even more of a story, but we'll see how they do against the Penguins. Um, you know, some changes on the Oilers back end, the quick end, uh, quick change for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Loop today. So Duncan Keith is gone, and somebody, yep. somebody emailed into my show the other night and said, you know, the Oilers went to the conference finals last year with Duncan Keith, and yep. he hasn't been replaced by a better player. No, he hasn't. And I was like, well, that's an interesting way to look at it. Um, I, I think, uh, I, I w- and I'm not pinning everything on certain guys, mm-hmm. but to talk about some individual, I don't think Bouchard has started the season well. Um, you know, Kulak, I don't think, has played as well as he did uh, last year. And Murray is finding, like, is this... To, is this a defense score that we have to wait to gel, or is it, are there concerns that maybe it's outright not quite as strong as it, it should be? What do you think? Of the, we're not going to include Niemelainen in this because I don't know if we have enough history Fair on enough. him. But of all the other Oilers defensemen, I think only Tyson Berry is playing up to his capabilities right now. Okay. I think Tyson Berry has had a nice start to the season. Uh, Nurse and Cece, there's been uh, moments where they have had. Uh, struggled defensively. Uh, last game's a great example was uh, sh- the, who was it, we, last game, Carolina had a 2 on 0. It was a, a 2 against 5 or 4. The Oilers just lined up on the blue line that turned into a 2 on 0 breakaway, backdoor goal. Uh, they've given up more offensive chances against than you normally would see from a shutdown pairing. So they haven't been as good as they can be. And this is because historically we've seen what CC and Nurse are capable of doing. Uh, Bouchard has one assist on the season. He hasn't created a whole lot offensively, and he's had, I mean, with the puck, he's always been good. Without the puck, there's always going to be deficiencies. But with the puck, hasn't he, been as good. He's turning over the he, yes, puck. Yes, he's turning more than it over usual. too much, and there's not the offensive upside. So, and then Kulak, uh, I mean, I think the, there was a hope that he would be in a top four position this year because he came over, played so well. But again, when he came here last year, he was a third pairing defenseman playing with Barry. That's a good third-pairing defense. Now, all of a sudden, you're asking him to play in the top four. You play against better players. Or Murray to play in the top four. Pardon? Or Murray to play more. He didn't play a lot tonight. No, but but Murray was brought in to be a seventh defenseman, and Broberg didn't hit it out of the park. But Kulak was supposed to be your top four guy, so you were expecting uh, more out of him than he's given in the past because Kulak's always been a third-pairing guy. So, uh, with the higher expectations comes the higher stress level and the higher... Uh, anxiety and the Oilers defense hasn't been as good as they had hoped and I do believe it will get better because Nurse and CeCe will be better. Um, Bouchard, uh, the offense should start coming but so far on the season, but I mean let's face it, when we looked at the Oilers lineup, if you had to pick where their weakest is, it would be on on the back end. They're not weak up front and the Campbell-Skinner uh, pairing, we thought this, you know, this has got to be a chance to be very successful, at least very stable. Well, they haven't stable. lost a game on yeah. goaltending. The three yes. games they've lost, they haven't lost on no. goaltending. So it, defense was going to be the one part that was going to have to uh, find its way, and so far this year it hasn't. Okay, we'll go down to the Oilers' dressing room. Here is Tyson Berry. Stay pretty patient and try and find that break that kind of didn't come. Yeah, they're. Um, that's you know that's the the style of game they like to play and. Um, you don't give them credit. They executed it pretty well tonight. But yeah, like you mentioned, we were we had some looks. Nothing really, uh, nothing really broke for us. Uh, their goalie played well, obviously, and um, you know they got that early power play goal, and that was kind of the difference. Are you able to kind of describe what it's like on the ice, trying to 
kind of get through them or, or break through them? They seem like they have pretty tight defensively. Yeah, they don't. Uh, I mean, they're a well-rehearsed team. Obviously, they've you know they've been through the you know the ringer and they understand what it takes to win and um, the style of game they need to play and their defensive team. They don't. Uh, they don't trade chances, you know. You're not going to find them too far out of position too often, and, and when you do, you got to take advantage. But um, yeah, they're, they're a team that can wear you down, try to frustrate you. I thought, you know, we played pretty tight too. They had a couple looks, but Supi was great for us. Uh, Would have been nice to get one, and you know, maybe take it to overtime there. Obviously, finish maybe is the answer. But is there something else you think that maybe is a bit lacking in your game tonight? Like what what pushes you over the edge in a game against a team that plays that way? Yeah, I don't know if we got as many shots to the net as, as we maybe could have. Maybe passed up a couple opportunities and just some sustained ozone time, I think. Uh, you know, we didn't uh, we didn't have very many, you know, sequences in the game where we were really laying it on them and, and putting the pressure on them. So uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll discuss it uh, and, and try to see what, um, you know, what went wrong for us tonight and what made us not be able to sustain that pressure. But, um, you know, we're, we'll be moving on. Jay kind of preaches, preaches uh, like process more so than you know necessarily the mm -hmm. results. Even though you want to win every game, you're still in that position. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, we're we're gonna try to to build this thing and um, win as many hockey games along the way. But we want to you know continue to, to focus on just the process and getting better and, and building our game to where it needs to be. And um, unfortunately, we didn't get the result tonight. But I mean, we didn't play uh, we didn't play a bad game. We just you know it was kind of a tactical game back and forth and they had one on the power play and um, we had one power play look late there and then didn't didn't respond well it's interesting t t tactical game Tyson Berry I, that's probably a fair way fair way to put it, it was a bit of a, a a tactical game well and it goes to what we've been talking about it wasn't a game of of emotion and uh, big hits and back and forth it was a, a game of coaching all right, here's here's the lane I want you in, in the neutral zone. If you get to the red line, I want you to put it in here. Don't just throw it in, put it into this area. If you see this player getting the puck down in the corner, I want you to pull out right away. So uh, all coaches have a game plan, and I can tell from experience, all us players don't always follow it to a <laughs> T. And that's when chaos ensues, because if one guy messes up an assignment, well, it just throws everything into disarray. Uh, but I thought tonight that the St. Louis Blues, excuse me, this afternoon, the St. Louis Blues uh, tactically played a perfect game. Uh, the best players on the Edmonton Oilers were held in check, and they didn't give up odd man breaks, and they only took one penalty, and they were never under duress in their own zone. So it was a game that was well coached, but more so well executed. Well, it's interesting what you're just saying because there was a period in the second period eight minutes and 20 seconds without a whistle yet it, it didn't necessarily feel as if there was a lot of flow i mean there was a lot of flip <laughs> there was a lot of time without a whistle but it wasn't frantic action and and, and back and forth it was just kind of like well no one's freezing the puck or shooting it over the glass or going outside but it wasn't a lot of times when you get that long without a whistle there might be a stretch in there where it's you know back and forth and a little bit disorganized it was kind of like a very sedated well, eight and a half minutes there was 45 shots in the game i mean the others the other day had was it 48, 48 against Buffalo. so by themselves so this is combined there's so in that eight minute stretch I, I we'd have to go back in video but there may have only been three shots in that uh, it wasn't a f i mean i know that the kane and uh mikola had was it 14 hits between them but there's not a lot of hits that you remember from this game. So it was a game that was 
and, and it's it's a simple term, but low event. There wasn't a, there wasn't no fights. There was no big physical hits. Uh, outside of probably three great saves, there weren't a lot of lot of saves. And then pretty goals. There was a one timer. <laughs> that was it. So it, there was not a lot that happened in this game. So yeah, there was a long stretch without whistles. But again, that's because there was wasn't any mistakes being made. Usually when you get a whistle, it's because someone made a mistake and there's just someone gets a scoring chance out of it, and either the puck goes in or the, the play is frozen. It just wasn't. It was just going back and forth without a whole lot going on. All right, St. Louis wins it 2 nothing. You're still going to hear from Brett Kulak. We are live in Studio 99. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Boilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Oilers lose 2-0 to the Blues. Edmonton's record now 2-3. The Blues are 3-0. They have not played a lot. They got a couple days off until their next game as well. Kind of a weird schedule for them to start the season. Let's quickly update the Edmonton Trailers scoreboard. Dallas and Montreal 1-1 late in the first. Maple Leafs and Jets 1-1 late in the first. Blue Jackets lead the Penguins 1-0 late in the first period. Jenner has the goal there. After one, lightning up 2-1 on the Islanders. Also after one, Kings and Capitals are scoreless. Boston beat Minnesota 4-3 in overtime. Hall got the winner. Devils over the Sharks 2-1. And Ottawa taking it to Arizona this afternoon. 6-2 is the final. Stampeders lead the Rough Riders 6-3 early second quarter. Earlier, Argos over Owls 24-23. 5-0 Astros leading the Yankees in the 7th and uh, the uh, Padres and the Phillies will be underway in a few minutes in game 4 of the NLCS. The Phillies are up two games to one in that series. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in a... Well, speaking <laughs> of sedated, as I used the word earlier about parts of the game. Well, I'm Is just that our uh, audio? Or there's our audio guy. Audio well, guy. Just, thank goodness uh, Troy came you, back to... you, me, Troy, our game day engineer, our uh, audio person over there. I... I can't see who it is. I know we often have a young lady doing it. I think that's somebody else. I'll have to meet you later. And we have and a big burly security, security guard. guard. Well, he's here for our safety. Yes, well, which we need. Because <laughs> if uh, an apparition or something decided <laughs> to haunt us, <laughs> some sort of a spirit, some sort of... <laughs> you can almost hear an echo right a now. A malicious specter decided to make our lives miserable, we have security to stop us. Well, and get in between us in case we get into an argument on air. Well, I, if, if you and I ever decided to come to blows, that would be for comedic effect more than anything else. <laughs> Speaking of horror. <laughs> It'd make a good TikTok video. Yeah, it wouldn't last very long. One of us would fall down with a laughing or with a cramp. That would be how it was decided. I'd have to take my heart meds Rob, before. Rob, did you beat Reed up? Well, sort of. He's, his, his knee gave out, so then I just... He told me, just, yeah, Reed told me to stop. He was in pain. I hadn't hit him yet, but he said he was in pain. <laughs> That's, that's about how it would go. <laughs> My goodness. All right. Uh, As we uh, Did you guys do Halloween parties when you played? Oh, yeah. They were the best. Because I've noticed, boy, oh, boy, the NHL players are elaborate these days. Well, way more elaborate. Yes. They got way more money than when we played, <laughs> so we couldn't afford it. We it's, go down to it's the... It's like a year of planning for their costumes. It is. And uh, like I've seen some of the ones that the Oilers have done the last number of years. It's like, holy smokes, they put a lot of yeah. thought. Into, well, their girlfriends or wives put a lot of thought into their... Uh, their their costumes, but yeah, we always did, it, and it was always one. It was funny. One of my first ones in Pittsburgh, you always rented out a bar and you did the costumes. But there was always a rule, because your spouses or your girlfriends were all there. Rookies had to dance with the wives and girlfriends, 
because the veterans would stand by the bar and the rookies if a girlfriend or wife wanted to dance you had to go dance with them oh with so even if somebody else well I, no if that's the one they didn't care if you dance with your own girlfriend you dance with her because if if say who was on our team if marios wanted to, if his wife wanted to dance well you're dancing with her because mario was standing at the bar oh. so you, all rookies had to do all the dancing the entire night well it was a cardio exercise it was and some of those girls could move so it's like oh my god not again what did you dress up as um one year i dressed up i went with brown as a toronto maple leaf jersey because there's a lot of rumors i was getting traded oh, so i went as me and wendell young both went with maple leaf jerseys on um uh, I'm trying to think what else I did. I dressed up. I know I've dressed up as a girl a couple times, and I am not an attractive woman. No, well, that's no, not at all. Struggle as a man sometimes, but I'm certainly not an attractive woman. <laughs> um, Hawaiian guy. Um, yeah, these are not that elaborate. No, they weren't that I, elaborate. A few, when Lucic was here, I think he went as the Joker, and it was like, oh my God, like the the the, the one the that Jared, they, Jared Leto did in the, one of the Batman movies. Well, and like, they go get makeup done. There'll be three hours of makeup getting put on. Like if we had makeup on, it was one of us putting makeup on the other guy. So it was like, yeah. yeah. The the best one I I think it was last year when he was. I can't remember. Was Vladar with Calgary last year? I can't remember. But yes, he was. Vladar went as Darth Vader. Because when he came into the league, most people thought his name was Vlader, mm. right? So he was was Dan Vlader, but, it's, but he went as Darth, was it, as Darth Vader. Wasn't Connor was McDavid his, uh, Homer Simpson? He, yeah, I believe McDavid did a Homer and, uh, Simpson. And it was one, like, that was like, yeah. Scary. Like, <laughs> they, they would spend... Well, not frightening scary. Scary how good it was. How good it was. Yes, how good it was. <laughs> yes. If you're scared by Homer Simpson, then I would... You might need security with you all the time. That is true, but no, it, it, it is much different. I, although I will throw out there, I will put up any of my team parties that I were was at as as much fun, if not more fun. We just didn't have the elaborate. Well, you didn't have Instagram and. <laughs> yes, we did not. The, all the or social media. No, we did not. <laughs> so all the pictures are in my head. Yeah, but it must just ramp up year after year. Well, last year I s spent 1,500 hours <laughs> on my costume, but my teammates spent 2,000 hours. So I, I guess I got to be better. Hours. Yeah, no, uh, it's it, a lot of the times. Okay, we go, oh, we got a party tonight. Okay, I'm gonna stop on the way to the party and pick up a costume. Just a wig. Just get a yeah. blonde wig. That's all you need. Oh yeah, clown. Just put the little <laughs> red nose. <laughs> little, just yeah. yeah, not even the the red hair or the clown makeup. Just a red nose. Yeah. I'm a clown. There'd be guys. That or would do I have that. a really bad nose infection. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Oh yeah. I'm a guy with a nose infection. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna wear a clown nose to Chet on. Halloween. They're like, oh, are you a clown? I'm like, no, I'm a guy with a badly infected nose that's all have? red and swollen. Is there an Oiler game this year on New Year? On uh, no, but I'll go do inside sports. Oh, that's true, too. Yeah. Actually, I, I love it. My daughter, she's 21 now. She, she's got autism, but she loves, loves still going out for Halloween. And she gets dressed up. She's Scary Fairy every year. Oh, really? Yep, she's always dressed up as Scary Fairy, and we go to the houses. Now, there's certain ones in my neighborhood that I know have some adult drinks there that when you stop at their house, so me and my daughter always go there, obviously. But she doesn't have No, those. she no, I have hers, too. So <laughs> here, Annie, get, what, ask what for deal, one. Annie, ask for, for a drink out. for yourself, and then Daddy will take your drink. You're not driving, I hope. No, we walk in our neighborhood. Okay, good. It's That's Actually, good. we have a really cool neighborhood. So we, But, yeah, every year, I love Halloween, and we get tons and tons of kids that come to our house, a lot of kids in our area. Do you give? You should give out your hockey carts. Yeah, the kids would ask for candy instead. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Brown, but could I have a chocolate bar? So, but we, uh, it's it, when right across the street from us, there, well, on the other side, there's a uh, haunted house. Every year, they make a haunted house. Oh, neat! They go through their backyard. Really, really cool. And there's a lineup sometimes of two, three hundred people down the street to go see it. Oh, cool! Yeah, so my daughter well, and I maybe wait. Maybe I'll line. have to come up there. 
Oh, you're more than welcome. I'm not often allowed into St. Albert's. But well, I mean, try, everybody's try allowed it. two trips a year. We, we check, <laughs> we check at the St. Albert Edmonton board. Quota. And you it's have been to the game shop already yeah, just I recently. I have been to the game shop. Therefore, so I, I don't know you've I only got one more trip allowed. But, I, you know, I, got, I know the mayor quite well. He grew up with her, so I could see if I can get you an extra time or Give two. Give me another visit to the to the. We don't want anyone community to, yeah. of St. Albert's. We don't want anyone to wear their welcome, so we make sure. That's amazing. All right, there was a hockey game this afternoon, and the St. Louis Blues <laughs> beat the Edmonton Oilers 2-0. Here is Oilers defenseman Brett Kulak. Absolutely, it's it's more tight, it's more physical, you have less time and space, and and uh, the ice just kind of shrinks up a little bit, and then, uh, you know, the plays aren't pretty, and it's just those little small battles and small five, six-foot passes that, that make the difference at the end of the day. And sometimes in games like these, I think anyways, you feel like, oh, we're, we're going to get one, and sometimes you think we're never going to get one. I wonder where you kind of felt your team was, was in that sense heading into the third and as the time wound down. Yeah, well... I think St. Louis, they come with a certain style right from the start, and and you feel that right away. You, you know they're not going to play run and gun with you and just open things up. They're going to play a certain way and, and try to limit your chances and uh, and wait for you to make mistakes. So, you know, that's, a, that's what they did tonight, and they were comfortable in that game. And, you know, Soupy kept us in the game all night, and uh, it was just one of those things, you know, maybe we pot one shot, and it's a different story. Got to ask, you felt again tonight on a yeah. funny play out of nowhere. Yeah. What's the story, do you think? Uh, I mean, I want to keep it light, but, yeah, I think it just comes back to, you know, I want to keep a tight gap and, and forwards quick and whatever. It just it, it happens and whatever. <laughs> Got to move on, but it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, that is Brett Kulak commenting on his uh, blown tire there in the first period that set up a Jordan Kyrie breakaway. So, Krug got a power play goal in the first period. Falk got an empty netter. That was it. Blues beat the Oilers 2-0. Get more on this game on globalnews.ca or 630chad.com. The Oilers will be off tomorrow. Morning skate Monday. Game against the Penguins Monday night. Face-off show will be at 4.30. Game at 6 here on 630chad. And, of course, Bob Stoffer has his excellent program, Oilers Now, from noon to 2. Big thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer, back at 6.30. Chet, Oilers Hockey is presented by Friesen Brothers. We've been live in Studio 99. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Good night.